1993, KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Oh, Trent Condon. Score. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. Uh, thanks for uh, spending some of your morning here with us. BMW Des Moines guest list uh, shapes up like this. We will start at the bottom of the hour. It is signing day, after all, and we'll take a close look at both of the uh, in-state schools, uh, Power 5 in-state schools. Well, first up will be Bill Seals, who covers Iowa State for CycloneReport.com. He joins us at 11.30, 11.50. Mitch Holt is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. He'll slide back in here, uh, get the latest on the Chiefs as we... Uh, enter the precious final three weeks of the regular season. Uh, the Chiefs have the Raiders before they host the Bengals and then finish on the road with the Chargers. So Mitch Holtis will uh, join us coming up uh, at about 10 minutes before noon. Um, David Eicholt. 24-7 Sports Hawkeye Insider kicks off our number two. And then off to Chicago with David Kaplan, the latest on Chicago sports. With the Capman coming up at uh, 12.30, Trent's play of the day. Uh, a really good pick. Notre Dame was brutal. It is brutal. Yeah. And you were all over that one last night. Uh, but uh, we'll get his latest picks of the day. Circus Sports sponsors, those coming up about 10 minutes before Four one. 4-1 one yesterday. Another good day for you. Yeah. Another good day. Uh, stayed away from the football. Didn't you stay away from the bowl game? I did. I ended up playing it because it's circa. It got down to seven and a half. It was when know. Frank Harris was. Yeah, the news came out. I think it was four five o'clock, something like that. Yep. That I, I fired at that one at seven and a half. That number still was just too good. We got to see the battle of NFL quarterbacks, yeah. kids. <laughs> McCown and um, Pennington. Uh, it was a decent game. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Marshall I jumped s- out. 14 zip. Yeah. 14 zip. And um, so when they turned off early fourth quarter, I guess I was, I had enough. But uh, yeah, it was for a Tuesday night with really nothing going on. Drake played. Uh, some concern there uh, with yeah. Connor Enright uh, going down, apparently a uh, shoulder injury. Uh, nothing yet uh, due to, uh, on the severity, if indeed um, there is going to be something that um, keeps him out of the lineup. I did hear from uh, you know a couple of people that they thought this was didn't look good, was what I was told. So we'll see where this goes. Connor Enright, of course, DeVries didn't play. We knew that he wasn't going to be able to answer the bell. They released something uh, prior to the game on DeVries. They didn't need him last night, but like they will, because ready or not, conference play is about to uh, uh, get underway here, and Drake clearly the favorite to uh, to win it all. So we shall see if indeed they're able to uh, make it through. And Connor Enright, a big part of that, um, a big part of that starting five for the Bulldogs. Will he be out any length of time? Not sure when we'll find out, but certainly something that bears watching. So did you hear anything more about the Tucker DeVries injury? There was a release put out from right. Drake, and that's all that I saw. Um, and then I then I saw Twitter that, uh, oh boy, I hope Connor's okay. I, I hope Enright's okay, blah, blah, blah. And it sounds like shoulder, maybe arm, but... Um, Maybe something, uh, maybe some clarity on that today. But without Tucker and without uh, Connor Enright, still some talent on that team. But those are two pretty big pieces. 
flipped it on for, I don't know, a combined maybe 10 minutes, a little bit here, a little bit there yesterday. Uh, one of my big takeaways is it's the guy that we saw last year on our way out to Vegas as he was flying back to California, the kid from uh, Cal State, Northridge, I believe it was, Anton Wright. Mm-hmm. He's just a smart, good, he solid is, player. He, I, you know? agree. I agree. Yep. He's not real big. No. Nope. He's a little guy out there, but... He just makes good basketball plays. And a night last night where they definitely needed him. Sure did. He stepped up in a big-time way, hit five three-pointers in the game. They got a lot of pieces. Mm-hmm. They Overton? really do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Overton, we've talked about him a ton. Yep. He's got the long wingspan, and he filled it up last night, really filled out the stat sheet, 13 points, uh, five and three with rebounds and assists off the bench. And that's what you're still kind of waiting to see, right? Those guys, yes. both Ferguson and Northweather, yes. who have been around, uh-huh. can they take another step forward? Can they be... You can count on them giving 15 good minutes a night. Right. Garland, they needed him for 30 minutes last night. Right. And he would be one of those guys that I have to assume would be coming off the bench, and that would be Tucker's spot. But um, he had to play last night. But I agree with you wholeheartedly, Trent. Rosario's another guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, They really like him for his defense. He can score a little bit, but um, we'll we'll see if he's got another level. He's mm-hmm. got some length to him. And yeah, Drake's a different. They're a different looking team. They, they are. They're they're fun to watch, and uh, clearly, them uh, Indiana State Sycamores. Those will be the two teams that I think will fight it out. And Jen, what did we say? Was it January tenth? Those two collide at the Nap Center. Um, I think that's what it was. And obviously now. Uh, with with the two injuries that uh, are lingering out there, it is indeed January the tenth, seven yep. o'clock tip at the nap. Maybe the team that they're going to have to beat uh, in Indiana State for Drake. Good to see Iowa finally gets back on the floor tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, not much of an opponent, but just anything. I mean, I'm starving. Yeah, right. I really and yeah. truly. This yeah. is a this is a. Um, <laughs> So I started my night. I watched maybe as good of a hockey game as I've seen in a long, long time. All right, let me let me guess. Last night because I had a little action. Did you watch the Wild Bruins I did, game? And yeah. it was a phenomenal hockey yeah. game. It I had really a. Was. I fired at that one. Boy, for the Wild, that slow start. They're mm-hmm. playing well. They are. They fired their coach, and it's it's a different team. And Kaprizov's coming around, and they need him. He's one of the best players in the league. He's looked anything but that. But there's a couple of fights in the game. It was fast skating. It was, uh, um, you know, the Wild with a, with a spirited comeback to take the lead, and they give up the empty net goal. The Bruins tie it, only for Kaprizov to end it in overtime. It was a terrific hockey game. Uh, got to the end of the uh, the Florida game. Uh, Florida-Michigan was back and forth a little bit in that one. Those are two not really good teams, Trent. Yeah. Uh, that was my takeaway. It was ugly. It was, yeah. For Power 5 basketball, um, yeah. I uh, well, got lucky on that one, too. Double overtime and get a cover in the <laughs> Michigan-Florida game. You're right. When you're laying three and a half, yeah, that felt pretty good. Uh, one question for you on the Wild. We, we don't delve too much into both NBA and NHL until mm-hmm. April, but... I'm, I'm willing to, if you. I, I know you are. And it's that's, just that audience thing that you. Right. No, that's it's built though. It the is. Hockey has built. Yeah. Comes playoffs. Mm-hmm. Wild qualify. Whatever. They're a wild card team. I. Yeah. Okay. They're in. Yeah. Okay. They're in. Who's the goalie? Great question. Fleury was out of his mind last night. Fleury was unbelievable last night. Um, that's a. Mm. I don't think it's him. I think it's Gustafson. Yeah. I think it's the Gus buses they call him out there. They'll <laughs> jump on the Gus bus. But but Fleury was terrific. Fleury's the reason they got the two points last night. Yeah, he he was. He looked like uh, drinking from the fountain. That this dude's almost forty years old. I mean, he's almost he's thirty nine years old. Yeah, uh, and and played last night like. Um, like he played when he was back with the Penguins. So good, good effort. But a fun game. God, it was a good hockey game last night. 
delved in, uh, watched the last few minutes. Of course, got to see the extra man goal by the Bruins that forced overtime and then yeah. watched the OT winner, so that was good. Yeah, it was a lot of bouncing around last night trying to find that right Just thing. Just something to get yeah, no, right. right? I watched a little NBA that did absolutely nothing for me last night. But the, the tonight Sixers and T-Wolves. Yeah, that's... It's going to be part of the rotation. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there's any. That and the Hawks. Uh, there's mm-hmm. no bowl game tonight. wonder why. Why would there be no bowl game? There is tomorrow. Right. And the NFL goes tomorrow. I don't understand what the justification would be. Uh-huh. I mean, you would feel like this would be a night for it, that you'd be putting it on there. Does ESPN have... I know Baylor-Duke goes tonight. Is That doesn't feel like enough, no. though, not to put a bowl game on you know, somewhere. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Remember the call we had yesterday when we were trying to fix the bowl games? And I do think that you're, the, 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 the magic bullet, if you will, is to put a... A pot of gold at the end of the game, rainbow, <laughs> and to split it amongst the winners. But that in a second. We had a caller who said, let's just keep play these games on Saturdays. We're used yep. to... But you know what, Trent? College basketball's here. Mm-hmm. And college basketball takes a lot of that inventory. As bad as it's been, you know, in the non-con and when, um, when finals are going on, I mean, you're starving for good games. So maybe the... Maybe the um, there's not as much basketball inventory as taking up. But that would be the only drawback that I thought of uh, as I was still lingering on that last night watching the, watching the game. And it was a fun game. But, um, you know, we're used to Saturdays. But I still think if we are going to fix this thing, you know, put 85, uh, 85 players on the travel team and they each get whatever. Mm-hmm. You win, you get 30 grand, 25 grand. The runner up gets 510. 510. You know, it's going to cost the bowl sponsor $4 million or whatever it was, or whatever it is to, you know, to, to make the math work. Uh, I don't know what they pay now, but that would do something, I think, that would uh, build interest amongst the players. Um, they're getting paid now, so this isn't anything out of the norm. We'll see. We'll see if that's where it goes. And I'm not saying that, uh, what, what was it last night? You know, it wasn't the Toasty Bowl. That was two nights ago. <laughs> yeah. What did I watch last night? Last night was. I don't even remember <laughs> it's a sponsor. So you're saying he's not getting his money's worth. Probably not. Last night, all right. So it was the Marshall. It was in Frisco. That was the what Frisco Bowl. Oh, it was the coffee. Because I saw it oh, when yeah, they were kicking the extra point. Uh, Scott Dockerman's kid works for the Scooters. coffee. Scooters. Scooters. Scooters coffee. So is Scooters... Obviously, Doc. I think Doc's kids in Minneapolis or in uh-huh. the Twin Cities. I think that's an Omaha-based company. Is it? I think that's where it started. I'm not Scooter's positive. Scooter's Coffee. Yeah. You're right. Scooter's Coffee. And saw that up there as they're kicking extra points. Yeah. There's some of these that are just absolutely baffling. You know, the sponsorship that goes along with it. Remember that year that it was uh, oh, over a Chicago land. It was like a where you put a bunch of things in storage. It was like a storage company that yeah. sponsored a bowl game. And right. It wasn't a bowl game, obviously, in Chicago, but that's what it was. I, it, yeah. You wonder what the price tag is on some of these things. And, 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 and what that, uh, where, where that salesperson that sells these things in, because, I yeah. mean, if you can sell that, you can sell, Jesus, you know the expressions anyways. Uh, tonight, I guess the reason there isn't a bowl NBA? game. NBA? Well, there's a triple header on ESPN. So you have the Duke-Baylor game at 6 at MSG. That's good. Followed by North Carolina-Oklahoma. Okay, Seeing if these Sooners are for real. Yep. That's a pretty good matchup. And then game three, Arizona against Alabama. Hmm. That one being played in Phoenix. Hmm. So a triple header of college hoops there. I guess that's the probably reason behind so. it. Yeah, probably Still, so. Still, can you put one on the deuce? Well, it's coming. It's, it sounds like that's where we're going to find your twins this year. Did you see that news? No. That, uh, Prime, Amazon Prime. Uh, if the Bally's thing can't work out, maybe the twins find their way to... Um, 
uh, find their way to Amazon Prime. And they may not be the only one. The Royals are still, are looking for a home. All of the uh, all the teams, or most of the teams, that have a relationship with Bally's. All right, let's take a couple of calls in here. Uh, we'll get Corey. He's been very patient. Uh, Corey, welcome. What's on your mind, Corey? Hey, what's going on? Um, I was just, I'm the one that I called about the Patrick Mahomes book. Um, I have the audio clip, if I could play it, because I just want to make sure I got the book right so I don't, like, embarrass myself on air. Um, I got the clip, so I'm going to play it for you guys real quick. Okay? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure it'll work, but we'll give it a whirl. Kingdom quarterback. Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs, and how a once swinging cow town chase the ultimate comeback did you guys hear that i did what so so what's your point about it Corey? help us out i just like i just found it and i just wondered if like if mitch holt is like if he knew about it or if he ah, yeah, it or yeah. so that, that, i guess that was my uh, you know what we'll, was, we'll ask him before he comes on the air Corey. i absolutely will okay okay merry christmas Corey. happy new yeah. year to you good to hear from you Okay, bye. Yep, good to talk to you. Uh, Mike's in Waterloo. It's been a while. It has I, been a while. Doing, good, good, to see, good to hear you're still alive, Mike. How you doing? You, betcha. you know what? About a month and a half ago, after the Toledo game, my boy came over and uh, replayed you guys on the radio. Yeah. You guys were ripping Iowa State to no end. Yes, that was us. That was you, yep. and I agreed everything with it because <laughs> wow. I had season tickets this year. That wasn't you on that wasn't yelling at Campbell, was it? No, it wasn't okay. me, but I, I, a buddy of mine knows that guy from uh, Fairbank. But listen, I nominate you guys for a Peabody because you turned that season around. I think I it was the dude. Everything you guys said about Iowa State's football program, and I think they listened. And I tell you, ever since that, then they've been right on spot. What do you guys think? I think we call him as we see him. We've done so for a long time, mm-hmm. and it's been a remarkable turnaround, and we give credit to Campbell and his staff for making that turnaround. But after Toledo, this team, as we think back, looked as though... I thought they deserved it, and I thought we were fair, Mike. I did. And for well, you, you to say fair. that I, back, no. uh, validates what we said. Well, I, I, I got season tickets, and the fans were booing the first three or four games. You know, I was leaving after the third quarter. <laughs> That's you know, unlike you, dude. was dumbfounding to me. Are you going to the bowl game? No, I'm not going to the bowl game. But, hey, I got one more question. All right. I know our point guards have been great at mm-hmm. Iowa State. Yep. But I got on the radio last night. I, I think Taman Lipsy is the best all-around point guard we've ever had. Because, you know, about a year ago when Hunter Yeesh. left, I said, don't worry, Cyclone fans. Uh, Lipsy, I saw him in the state tournament. He's going to be better than Hunter. And by God, he is. What do you guys think? I think Jamal Tinsley and Curtis Stinson and Monty Morris. Well, if he keeps shooting 43% from They've three. had some dudes, Mike. Look, at it, it, it's great that he's in the conversation, and we got to let you go. So Merry Christmas, Mike. Good to hear that you're still... Uh, you're still kicking, and don't be a stranger. All right, brother? All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Thank you, Mike. Bye. Good to hear from you. Um, Lipsy's got a chance, though. He's a really good player. Yes. He's a terrific player. And and he's defensively, he's always been outstanding. That was mm-hmm. his calling card going back to high school. Yeah. He was a physical guard. He was strong. He was a guy that could get to the rim. And if he just shoots it, not 43%. That's right. not going that's, to continue. That's going to yeah, Right. Yeah. But if he's 35% from downtown, yeah. with his ability off the bounce, mm-hmm. the physicality that mm-hmm. he plays with, assist rate, top 50 in the country, steal rate, 
fourth in the country right now. Mm-mm-mm-mm. He has the components. You're right, though. That's a long list of point guards. They've had some guys. Kane. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, they've had, Royce White wasn't a point guard, but if you needed him to be, he mm-hmm. could be. Boy, he was a hell of a player. Yes, I mean, man. a hell of a college player. Monte Morris. Yeah, I mean, the, look, at the, look at the group that they've had. I mean, I hate to rank them. I hate to try and you know come up with a, the best four, the best five of them. That might be a fun off-season it topic, It might be. And, but who are you going to leave out? Right. And how you rate them, Ugh. how you put them up there. Tinsley, when it was flying high, but it was two years, and it ended yeah. in defeat in Boise, Idaho, yeah. and his final collegiate game. He did. That's a tough pill, pill to swallow. Uh-huh. To the hands of a 15 seed and Steve Merfeld. Getting lifted up. With his... <laughs> Kicking his feet. <laughs> what a scene. That was an incredible scene. It really was. And they played They played that for years. Uh-huh. And any uh, uh, little montage, if you will, of, of, uh, midnight, or of uh, March Madness. Good to hear from Mike in It Waterloo. was. We haven't heard from him in a long time. I, actually, I wasn't sure he was still with us. Hmm. Uh, but glad, uh, glad that he is, obviously. So signing days uh, here, it really has taken over for February. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. as we said yesterday, February kind of seems like the supplemental draft in the NFL. Um, look, I don't know what to make of it. You mm-hmm. never do. I, I've never seen any of these kids. You've seen some of them, right. a few of them mm-hmm. uh, play. Uh, Moberly would be the one, I guess, that would uh, come to mind right off the bat, mm-hmm. uh, the kid from Southeast Polk. But we'll we'll see. Um, we'll see. As Campbell has said and his staff have said, um, with with NIL being what it is, they have to get a certain type of player. You have to want to commit to play football, and you can't be chasing the almighty dollar. Not that you're not going to get some, but... Um, if you think you're coming to Iowa State to break the bank, you probably need to go somewhere else. You know, the one that's, I think, the most intriguing, at least the highest regarded At guy, Iowa State? Yeah, is Cooper Alexander. This is a kid from Oklahoma that turned down an Oklahoma offer. Is that right? How often does that happen? I mean, his offer list, Miami, Pitt, Stanford, Oklahoma, Iowa State, those are his final five. Hmm. That's intriguing in its own right. Who was the last one? Xavier Hutchinson, didn't he turn down Oklahoma? Yes, he did. Yeah, absolutely. As and he Charlie was Kohler was an Oklahoma kid, but was he offered by the I Sooners? I don't think he was. I they think missed. He was, they missed. Yeah, they did, yeah. I think he was not a real highly regarded guy, not if sure. memory serves. But Never been a strength of mine recruiting. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm intrigued by the twins on the offensive line, too, the Helton kids uh, coming in, what they can do, uh, the twin brothers that come in. And, and, oh, you asked about them the yes. other day to Bussy, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's Wade, the bigger of the two, that is the more highly regarded, uh-huh. uh, the younger, the other one. I shouldn't say the younger because they're twins. I don't know which one came up first. <laughs> yeah. uh, but he didn't have quite the same kind of offer list as the other brother did. And then, yeah, the local kids, that that's always fun, too, is seeing you know, the latest kid that they got, the Bo Good, Goodwin kid. Playing at Kingsley Pearson, playing at a high level, 6'4", 200 pounds, could run. Hmm. What does he translate into? You know, is he right, suddenly yeah. a linebacker in that scheme? Is he that what be. he is? You know, mm-hmm. somebody like that. And we see those kind of stories seemingly pop up every single year. Mm-hmm. That's what I like to track, too, is, look, we, we don't know these random kids from Florida. Right, nope. right. They're not beating, for the most part, Florida State, uh-huh. Miami for these kids. Yeah. So, you know, what they're going to turn into, but then on the local front that – Oh, yeah, I remember him under the radar. Uh-huh. remember watching him at the Dome for a game, and, yeah, he was really good. And all of a sudden, oh, yeah, he's a Big 12 linebacker. Mm-hmm. Do you, yeah. do you um, is there someone we'll be able to go for both Iowa and Iowa State and find the early enrollees from this class? Yes, I think there's, I'm looking at on three here. They don't have it listed, at least at the top of where they are, so I don't see that. But I know there's, a, I think it was five was the number. 
That yeah, Bussy mentioned that uh, when on Monday, I want to say maybe right. Bill Seals will he'll join us in ten yeah. minutes, be able to provide be a more good clarity. Bill question. Yeah, because um, obviously, if you can get there for the spring uh, spring practice, those practices, it's it's huge for your development, mm-hmm. absolutely massive. And if you're you know you're committing to to getting there early, there's a pretty good chance that they've. Uh, they, the coaching staff, has made it kind of clear to you that you know there's a chance that we're going to need you on the field mm-hmm. uh, right off the jump this year. So, anyways, uh, we will find out from Bill Seals coming up here uh, in about uh, ten minutes. Yeah. So back to baseball for just a second. It, it sounds as though that's maybe the way we're headed, right? With Bally's going out the window, mm-hmm. there was some speculation that one of the local television stations in the Twin Cities. Um, similar to what they're doing with the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix, I mean, you can turn on normal over-the-air television and, and watch every basketball game. That mm-hmm. There was some thought that that might be some of the markets may be able to go. But how does that help us? <laughs> right? It I mean, doesn't. It doesn't. If you're a Twins right. fan and you're buying the Major League Baseball mm-hmm. package, how's that helping us? Because if it's not on DirecTV... Although, you know what? Maybe, Trent, maybe I should tap the brakes because I remember that the Mets, for instance... Sunday games are WPIX. Okay. I think. And they still get picked up on DirecTV. So there still might be a there possibility be. that this still happens. And for people that are out of the market and were part of the Twins market and the Cubs market, mm-hmm. and the Brewers and the yeah. White Sox and the Royals and the Cardinals, which is great if you have DirecTV and the sports back. Right. Because you get all those teams. Right. But, but if you don't. Well, if that goes away, you know my, what? my DirecTV is likely going away. Is it? As long as Google Fiber please get to my damn area. I've been complaining about this for three and a half years. For the love of God, every other part of West Des Moines has it. Yeah. Good God. Anyway, you that know is what, Trent? That's um... DirecTV would probably go away if the Twins are not a part of it. Mm. That's where I am. So, what do we need DirecTV for now? Major League Baseball. Yeah. Um, all all the NHLs on ESPN Plus. That's true. And I pay for it on both ESPN and DirecTV. Yeah. Uh, Sunday tickets gone. Uh huh. Um, if I watch basketball, I'm going to watch TNT, ESPN, or Bally Sports North mm-hmm. for the T Wolves. What do we need Directv for? Not much. Not much. No. And that's still a couple of hundred, three hundred bucks a month. Mine's two hundred. And do you have the all the HBOs and everything? No, don't I have, have any. I have all of those. Yeah, don't I have. I don't any. know why. We do have HBO Max though. Well, that so we got the streaming component. We have Hulu. I don't need it. Hulu with live sports, I, I'm I'm good. If the Twins are done, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I got, again, as long as I can get decent. By the internet. way, I figured out the DirecTV app on my iPad. Yeah. I can watch freaking TV. Yeah, you love it, huh? It's really good. I've only been telling you for a half decade. <laughs> well, you got to remember <laughs> the old man you're speaking to here. You got signed in? I did. Yeah? yeah I'm, all, I'm good to go. Wow. Now, it's working in Ankeny. Uh-huh. Will it work tomorrow night in Oklahoma City? Yes. Uh, you won't get your local channels. You right, get I don't the, care about those. the Oklahoma City channels. I don't get my local channels now. They're on strike. Well, that's actually good because ABC games now you'll be able to watch when you're in California because you will be in that area. Uh, yeah. So you will not be blacked out of ABC with the fight happening with DirecTV and You know the Tegna. best part about the the only good part? Well, there's a couple. A, there's the ocean. I love to hear it crash. Yeah. Um, and B... Seven o'clock games or five o'clock. <laughs> so this means your eight thirty puff turns yeah. into a six thirty puff. Ooh. 630. Yep. 
You, it moves with the time zone. It does. Zone. It does. I'm very flexible. Ah. Time zone wise. <laughs> You're very flexible. It's a lie of the day right it there. It is. It is. It is. I tried to tell myself another lie last night. You know, I cannot remember, and, and I don't want people to think, I don't care what you think of me. What do I care? Yeah. I can't remember the last time I didn't have a beer. Oh, you really? A day. I'm thinking probably six or seven years that I there's was a day that I didn't have a beer. I mean, you you had a cold last week. Yeah, I still drank it <laughs> every okay. every night, every night. I'm kind of thinking of pulling up tonight, not just gonna because have I got such a you know uh huh the the, the the long drive the, the long drive in front of me tomorrow, and I thought to myself, you're not gonna do that. Yeah, it's not gonna happen, right? When you're in Oklahoma City. For a night? No, so I'm, I got the Stella already packed on the in the cooler. He got it packed and ready to go. Holy it's not you. like I get smashed. I have a couple of beers, and I have every day of my life since I've been 20 years old. That's. I mean, honestly, I get bet I could count on one hand, no, two hands, the number of days I've not had a beer in the last 30 years. Really? Yes. And what's wrong? It's not killing me. Right. You're not slugging a 12-pack No, I have two, two and a half beers. That's enough. It's like milk in some way. I don't put it in my coffee. It's your medicine. It's my medicine. That's the other one. Um, We'll take a time out. We'll come back, finish up um, the Iowa State side of recruiting day with our friend Bill Seals. Look forward to catching up with him on that. Mitch Holtis is the voice of the Chiefs. He's here at 10 minutes before noon. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station 106. Come for a free quote today. Welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Let's talk Iowa State. Signing day. College football. Matt Campbell and the staff busy trying to put together the 2000... What do we call this? This 24th class. 2024 class. Uh, Bill Seals from Cyclone Report, part of the Rivals Network, joins us. Bill, Trent, and Ken, thanks for finding time on what I know is a very busy day for you. I guess where I'd like to start, Bill, is um, were there any surprises? Did everybody that uh, they anticipated faxing in their commitment do so? Was there anything that uh, caused them to sweat a little bit at the last minute? I don't think so, guys. It, it was pretty well known they were going to go with 22 uh, high school or traditional uh, prospects and then one transfer that they got yesterday in Kennard Snyder, a defensive end out of Louisiana Monroe. Uh, that was pretty much what I had on, on my site, uh, and they, they ended up getting those guys' uh, signatures. So uh, good job there out of the staff, I think. You know, as you know, when they get these early commitments like they do anymore in June, July, like a lot of this class was locked up then, except for the five they got uh, earlier this week. Uh, you know, that you go in and you have to keep recruiting them. Yep. And there were a few that had some college programs come in late, Power Fives, but uh, staff was able to hold on to them and retain them, no deep commitments, and they were able to flip uh, uh, a couple guys. So uh, mission accomplished there for Iowa State. Building up that offensive line, always important. And we've uh, talked about the twins, Wade Helton and Brent Helton, the uh, two twins from California coming in. What else on that offensive line ca- uh, class? guy that looks really intriguing is Dontrell Holt, a kid from down in Joplin, Missouri. Yeah, he was uh, a prospect, uh, uh, Trent, that, that had, had committed to Iowa State under under Jeff Myers and, and uh, was such an impressive-looking uh, uh, prospect. He kind of the test of time when they got uh, Ryan Clanton in there. Don Trell was one of the first calls that uh, Clanton made, and 
uh, Dontrell stuck around, and he's kind of the dean of those uh, those five signees uh, as he was uh, one of the first to commit back in, uh, I believe, late winter or early spring. Interesting. Uh, skill guys, running backs, I know that I think there's one that's in the class. There's a couple that they list as athletes, so not sure where they're going to wind up. But tell me about the kid from Arizona, Dylan Lee, who Arizona State uh, was also after, but uh, he, Iowa State was able to get him away from his home state and uh, into Ames. Yeah, he, and he played in that U.S. Army Bowl earlier this week, uh, on, I believe it was on Monday, and, and uh, signs today with the Cyclones. and uh, A prospect that the staff identified when he was a high school junior and, and uh, put up some, put some pretty good numbers. I think he actually led his classification in rushing down there last season, and then all he does uh, to cap that off is go for over 2,000 yards as a, a senior down there. Uh, so, so, so much talent down there, though, uh, with Gilbert, Arizona, Phoenix mm-hmm. area, uh, Williams Field High School. I think he fits. It checks all the boxes that that the Iowa State's looking for, and it's running backs. Uh, obviously, the big rushing numbers has shown he can catch the ball out of the backfield, and I think he has the makings of someone who can be a, a pretty good pass protector as well. And they uh, they've got the three scholarship guys coming back. Uh, next season there and, and get uh, Dylan Lee in the fold. So uh, still going to be a pretty deep, uh, stable of backs there, even with uh, Sanders and Norton moving on. Bill, I know you recruiting guys always kind of have those people-targeted guys that you think have an opportunity looking at who has a chance to play. Even now with the new world, with you can play up to four games and still maintain that redshirt status. It's certainly changed, but give us a few names you believe are going to be a part of the mix next year. Very young team, obviously. A lot of guys coming back. Who do you think could crack maybe the two deep or, at minimum, find a little rotational work next season out of this class? Well, I've been I've been raving about Cooper Alexander for, for months yep. now, and it's four He's already 230 pounds. He's got the he's got the fact that he's going to be joining the program in January. Uh, he'll have that under his belt. Uh, full spring practice. Uh, tight end uh, out of Oklahoma. He's got uh, you know, Stephen Alexander's his dad uh, played for I believe more than 10 years in the NFL. I remember him. Yeah, yeah. Denver Broncos. Yeah. Denver Broncos. So yeah, and, and the Redskins uh, then. So he, he comes in, in in January. I think he's going to have a good head start uh, to some playing time. We certainly saw their, the, the staff's not averse to playing true freshmen mm-hmm. at tight end. Ben Bramer was one who uh, came in, did a remarkable job. And Ben came in over the summer, and Alexander's even going to have a head start to that. So you look over on the uh, the defensive side, Cale Brezina out of uh, the Chicagoland area. He's another one. They've got uh, Jack Sadowski kind of from that same territory in this class. Jack came in, started as a freshman. I think Brazina, another one, uh, maybe with Gary Vaughn moving on at uh, the mm. wheel linebacker. Kale could be a guy that gets plugged in there. I think he's got uh, great pedigree, led his, uh, his team to a state championship game appearance here just a, a few weeks ago. And then in the secondary, gosh, they've got Six guys signed that are, are pegged for the the, uh, the backfield there, and I think Quentin Taylor, he's one of them. He's just a very versatile player. When you talk, talk about a lot of those other guys, it's going to be either safety or corner, but I think with Quentin Taylor, he's got both of those uh, position coaches back there, Poteet and, and Broomfield, kind of doing their bidding right now to try and get uh, Quentin to be in their group and the six 
six foot, six foot one, uh, going to be pushing 200 pounds. He's another one that's going to be in January as well. So going to be exciting to see how he fits into the mix come spring ball. And that's a young group back there too. They had a lot of those upperclassmen that kind of got beaten out for jobs, transfer out. So there's certainly an opportunity, I think, for uh, Quentin to, to make an appearance in that two deep. Bill, you mentioned Cooper Alexander's going to enroll early. Is there somewhere we can go to find out the, the list of early enrollees that will be here and be able to participate in spring? Yeah, there, I, I linked it to, on my message board. Okay. I think they, they've got it in their, uh, Iowa State's got it in their, like their formal release. There's like an attachment, like an eight or nine page attachment of guys. I can tell you real quick, though, Alexander, I just mentioned, Brazina, A.J. Burton, the offensive lineman out of Colorado, he's another one of them. Uh, you go down the list, Danny Inglis, a linebacker out of Ohio, Dylan Lee, we talked a little bit about him. Uh, Mason Miller, linebacker, Connor Moberly, a local guy, quarterback, he'll be in in January as well. Uh, Keaton Roscoff, he'll continue that knee um, ACL tear uh, rehab in Ames, but uh, he's another one of those tight ends they're bringing in. And then Quentin Taylor, That's the uh, those are the nine guys, the scholarship guys they'll be bringing in in uh, January. Is that number percentage-wise up? Seemingly, is it growing? I mean, is that becoming more like, of the norm to get in early? Yeah. It seems like that's the, that's the trend here lately, yeah. and a lot of the coaches talk about how these uh, these high school kids anymore. You know, they start with athletic trainers, and they're uh, junior high, you know, eighth, ninth graders. Well, another thing, in addition to working early with those trainers, is these kids start to prepare ninth and tenth grade for you know perhaps trying to get out of school early in January if possible, and and uh, certainly these nine guys put themselves on that course early in their high school career. So it's a numbers game, and you have transfer portal recruiting that continues to happen. And, of course, there is still another signing day, though. We'll see what that number is scholarship-wise. What do you think Iowa State's looking at, knowing that guys could still depart depart after spring practice? What are we still looking at, both at that February day and inside the transfer portal in terms of scholarships? Well, there's still some some guys in the in the portal that they, they've uh, – they're, they're I, they've identified, they're taking a look at, I've got that, those plugged into that uh, transfer portal tracker on my front page. Two of them I'll, I'll mention real quick. Uh, one of them is a uh, wide receiver transfer, Isaiah Alston from, uh, from Army. He's going to be visiting in early January and then gets right, <laughs> hops on a plane and leaves Ames. He's going to go back to West Point and try to get the, the transfer thing worked out there. A couple of other power fives, or I guess you'd say power fours now, uh, in there in the mix yeah. with, uh, with Alston. Um, and then another one, uh, Jalen Travis, he's an offensive lineman, tall kid, 6'9", even maybe 6'10". Uh, you might remember his older brother, Reed Travis, uh, from Stanford, playing in the G League right now, uh, basketball. So a very athletic family. Travis is probably going to be another one of those that visits in January. Uh, he's at a Ivy League school right now where he, uh, he couldn't really get away in December with the way finals go. But uh, Travis is another one that they've offered. So I think those are probably the two priorities right now. You might see him add another, perhaps another defensive back that they, they are looking at there. And then maybe a defensive lineman, some, someone maybe to anchor in inside. How about a kicker? Yeah, well, that's a, that's a possibility too. There are a couple of uh, 
of uh, of kickers that they've identified. They haven't extended any offers there quite yet, but I've got some names on the tracker that you might want to uh, you know keep in mind as they uh, go through this process. But I, I think it, it's probably hard pressed at this point they're going to get kids between now and the January uh, second semester classes. So at this point, it's it's probably going to be a June edition that they get for for summer conditioning. Hmm. Good stuff. Yeah, Contreras came in. He was fin- remarkable, as uh, as you well know. You were in the press box every home game watching him, so he was he was really good, and that uh, hasn't always been the case when it comes to that position uh, at Iowa State. Bill Seals, CycloneReport.com, part of the Rivals Network. Obviously, you've got uh, signing day completely covered. Anything else you'd like to promote, Bill? Well, it's just that there's going to be some more, certainly some more signing day coverage later today. Matt Campbell will uh, be talking to us up in Ames about 2 o'clock, so some more stuff to come out of that. Uh, I'm also going to take a look at uh, 25 of the uh, 2025 recruits that uh, you'll want to you'll want to keep an eye on uh, Iowa State's recruiting for next year's class. So, as you know, it, it never ends, and we've certainly got uh, basketball season that's underway as well. Uh, another game tomorrow night with Eastern Illinois, then one more non-con, and then they're into Big Twelve play. And so bring and it then on the bowl game, the bowl game. Uh, less than oh, uh, sure. got, yeah little over a week away, so I'll be down in Memphis covering that. So Good stuff. Uh, and you can probably count on us uh, imposing on you at some point for that. Bill Seals, CycloneReport.com, part of the Rivals Network. Uh, Bill, good stuff. Thank you, Bill Seals. Well done. Thanks, Kenny and Trent. Appreciate you having yep. me on. Merry Christmas. Thanks, Bill. Good to talk to you. Yeah, Iowa State. Boy, the uh, the start of their conference play. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all licking our chops ready to get into it. They don't dip their toe in the water. They just jump right into the deep end. And I told you they're going to be Houston. Give the Cougars their first loss of the year. And there you go. Mark that one down. I, I already have. All right. Good. They start uh, uh, in Norman against Oklahoma. Yeah. And then away they go. Houston comes to town. Currently, where are they? Second, third ranked? Something. One of those mm-hmm. two. Very highly ranked. And Trent's got that as their first loss of the year, Houston's. All right, we'll take a timeout. Um, Mitch Holtis is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, and he will join Trent and I next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106. Point. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Talk Kansas City Chiefs. The voice of the Chiefs is Mitch Holtis, Papa John, Central Iowa. They sponsor our weekly conversations with Mitch. Mitch, Trent, and Ken, happy holidays to you. In honor of this segment, I had the shakaroni delivered to my house on Monday. i got to tell you, it's almost too much pepperoni. Whoa. Boy, oh boy, they loaded on, Mitch. Holtis. So good. They loaded on. Pace yourself, man. Pace yourself. And you're Canadian. You're tough. Yeah, that's true. I kept telling myself that, and I got through it, yeah. and it was uh, it was really good. I'm glad I did. But uh, anyways, um, let's talk about those Kansas City Chiefs. Three weeks left in the regular season, and uh, away we go, and it starts uh, coming up this weekend uh, with Vegas on Christmas Day, a noon kickoff on Christmas Day. Uh, Raiders are in town. You like Christmas Day games, Mitch? I do. And I'm excited about this game in specific. I'll get to it in a second. But, uh, yeah, they almost become a family celebration. Mm. Last year we played on Christmas Eve. Uh, we played the Seahawks. That was the day I did the drum, uh, and I did the first <laughs> quarter from the top of the stadium. But there were so many families at the game that day, it was almost like an extension of their 
family gathering. Nice. And we'll have that again. It's it, It'll be that way uh, with the Raiders game. There'll just be tons of families here from all over the kingdom. So, yeah, I'm fond of, of these Christmas or Christmas Eve games. Looks like a walkover, but the Raiders have somehow won six games this year. O'Connell had a great game last mm-hmm. time out, extra rest, which is important this time of year, and it's a divisional game. And the other thing, the Chiefs really haven't run away from everybody, even last week against New England. I mean, that was a dogfight for a long while in that football game. Certainly not a point. This Chiefs team, as good as they are, they can't overlook anybody and certainly a divisional opponent. No, and I, and I mentioned it, but I think it, it bears mentioning again the extra rest. This is the fifth straight opponent, or the Bengals will be the fifth straight opponent where the team has had extra rest. If you go back, the Packers, I think I mentioned this, 10 days to get ready for the Chiefs. The Bills had two weeks. Uh, there was 10 days uh, for the Patriots to get ready for the Chiefs. Another team, the 11 days in this instance for the Raiders. And that in December, as you uh, alluded to, it's even more important than it's October. Uh, and then the Bengals will have, I think, one or two extra days to get ready for the Chiefs. First time it's happened in 35 seasons Jeez. that a team has had to overcome the opponent having 19 extra days to prepare. So it's what it is, but your point's a good one. And this Raiders team uh, is playing for Antonio Pierce. Yep. He's he's rejuvenated them. So yes. this is a team that's get your attention. No, indeed. I, I wonder if they're going to take the interim tag. I think they found their guy, Mitch. I do. Um, I do, too. Uh, and I kind of hope he gets it because, as you said, they play hard for him right now. So we'll see. And Aiden O'Connell, you know, when when he was first, um, in, we were made aware, Mugi, as, as, as fans, that it's going to be O'Connell's gig. That he's going to be the guy. Uh, we saw him in the Big Ten. He was okay some days. wasn't great. He's been actually way better than a lot of people, myself included, thought he was going to be. Well, and I mean, Iowa fans know him from his Purdue days. Sure. He had one offer, Davenport College, uh, Wheaton. He was going to walk on at Wheaton Division Three school. And then Purdue goes, well, why don't you be a preferred walk-on? And then we all know that that happened. It was kind of fun in the first game. The Chiefs only sacked him one time, but it was Karloftis who did it. Oh, so nice. Purdue sacked Purdue. Yeah, that's when I, on the play-by-play, I go boiler up, boiler down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... But O'Connell's done an excellent job, and they still have Devontae Adams, uh, Jacoby Myers playing at a high level. He had a touchdown pass uh, last week, so actually threw a couple passes. Um, and so but defense is where this team is really uh, troublesome for the Chiefs. And Max Crosby's uh, an animal, unequal, I think, really in the league right now, and I'll tell you why. He has played every defensive snap seven times this season and 11 times in two years. The rest of the league combined, this includes Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, the Max, everybody has only done it four times combined. Crosby's done it 11 times. He's an unusual player, unusual human being. Does he remind you at all of J.J. Watt, style-wise? Yeah, very much. Yeah, me too. Yeah, in, in his prime. Yeah, right, right. J.J. Yeah. in his prime. And I'll tell you why. He plays the run as much as he plays the pass. Uh, he has 300-plus tackles and 50-plus sacks in his five years uh, in the NFL. That has been J.J. Watt, interesting you mentioned that, Khalil Mack, and I think DeMarcus Ware, the only other humans that have been Jeez. able to do that in NFL history. So that tells you about Crosby and his defense against the run in the pass. Andy Reid said earlier this week they anticipate they're going to get Isaiah Pacheco back at the running back spot. But Glide Edwards-Alaire, a guy that was left for dead for a lot of people, he came in there, gave him a little juice, some fresh legs here. Do you anticipate he's going to be more involved even when Pacheco returns? Well, I, I think that it becomes a compliment. 
this becomes now you're, you've got the whole brass section. You've got a trumpeter, you've got a trombone, and you've got a French horn. So you're not just playing the French horn um, alone. And I think that all three of those guys, and throwing Jarek McKinnon, who's probably the most underrated guy on this team on offense, of what his impact is. Mm-hmm. But Clyde now brings a little special something to the table. So uh, it's the whole brass band all put together. The other thing is, and my granddaughter, Lily's helping me today. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's helping me. You'll see her, actually, on uh, Fox 17 this week on the Minute with Mitch. On Fridays, I think they run it. She'll be on camera with me. But we talk about persistence. And we talk about perseverance, and Clyde has certainly certainly shown that because uh, he's hung in there. It's not been easy for him the last two and a half seasons. Uh, the uh, they have to run down the Ravens if they want the AFC to go through uh, to go through Kansas City. Ravens schedule very difficult. Every schedule is difficult. I get it, but uh, a lot of playoff teams still to come. Not the case for the Chiefs. So the the realm of possibility still exists for Kansas City to get back up to the top. This is where your Canadian friends would say, take care of your own business. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Chiefs need to do. Yeah. Let me tell you why this game's important, why I'm fired up about it. In 1960, the American Football League started, right? It started these rivalries that we have today. In 2002, the Houston Texans came into being, and there was going to be eight teams, eight divisions of four teams apiece. Lamar Hunt was adamant uh, with the rest of the NFL, wanting to keep the American Football League basically together. It's why the AFC East has who they have. It's why the AFC West has who they have. Instead of putting the Chiefs in a division with Tennessee and Houston. Uh, So here's why. And here's why it's important this week. The Broncos have won the division 15 times, dating back to 1960. The Raiders have won the division 15 times. Oh, my God. The Chargers have won the division 15 times. (laughs) If the Chiefs win this game, they will have won the division 16 times. That's wild. And eight straight uh, division titles. So at one time, it was 15-15-58, and the Chiefs were uh, at the Heinz Station. This time, it, I just think it's fun if the Chiefs can go one bit ahead, and it's really a tribute to uh, the old AFL and what the AFC West is. I miss those days. <laughs> but those days are long gone. Hey, Mitch, uh, we talked about Papa John's. We've got 30 seconds left or something. Uh, it is Christmas. I know it's a lot of turkeys, but come on, feed the family. I feel like Papa John's the official food of Christmas. Yeah, it seems like I mean, it. They're red and green all They year. are. They're yes. red and green. That's yeah. the colors. Yeah. Let's go. I mean, like, don't you look at John's in May and go, man, I'm thinking of Christmas yeah. right now. Yeah. So, yeah, you can only have so much turkey. So get some Papa John's Peeper. The shakaroni, pace yourself with the pepperoni. They'll stack it on there, Oof. but enjoy. And, and PapaJohns.com. In ha- football all weekend, so enjoy. Happy holidays, my friend. Thank you, Mitch Holtis. Good to talk to you. Thank you, sir. Yep. Take care. Bye. Mitch Holtis, voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Hour 2 next. Hawkeye Talk with David Eichel. Kicks it off. It's 106.3 KXNO.